Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Strength in the Numbers show. Our guest mentor today is Andy Burrows. Andy is the founder and CEO of superchargedfinance.com, which not only helps accounting and finance professionals drive business performance, but it also provides useful practical advice for those same people working in and with finance on how to improve and grow themselves as well as the business's performance. Now, Andy's qualified a long time ago as a chartered accountant in the United Kingdom. And on this episode, he shares a few things with us. The first being one simple question we can use to get at the purpose and and value of why we're doing things in finance. He also discusses the two telltale signs that you're measuring the wrong things on your reports, as well as one key habit we can all develop in accounting and finance to add more value, as well as with some practical steps around that and how we can gain this particular habit. As usual, if you enjoyed the podcast and want to follow up more on our guest bio, links to resources, or time-stamped show notes, you can find these on our website at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash zero one eight and it was great to catch up with Andy on the show he's a regular contributor on LinkedIn he's very giving of his time and of his experience and he's not afraid to share some of his more challenging times the things that have also worked for him as past so without further ado over to Andy and the show Andy, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on. Really enjoyed interacting with you over the last uh, period of time on LinkedIn and your contributions, particularly the way you're so constructive in your approach. But before we maybe jump into some further questions, could you perhaps share a bit with our audience as to your story? But it's been quite an up and down, windy kind of journey. I sort of qualified as a chartered accountant in a medium-sized practice. And I've had this mindset of just wanting to move on and learn new things. So I, I didn't want to stay in practice once once I'd done the you know, the audits for the second or third time, it was time to move on uh, and decided that I wanted to go into business finance position. So I got a finance manager role in a uh, in one of the big banks, which was a good role. It was quite wide ranging divisional role and got me an insight into basically how business works. So there was the division had its own management team. Uh, they were using a balanced scorecard. They had their own IT function and a change function and HR and marketing. So I got to see the sort of whole range of, of business uh, in that first role outside of practice. So that was really good. Eventually, the bank then sold the division to Travelex. The big thing for me was when they bought that business, uh, I was kind of in the right place at the right time uh, and was made finance director at the age of 29. So uh, that was a, a big career move for me and a horrendously steep learning curve, bigger than I expected because I, I knew the business very well. But the sort of commerciality sort of coming out of the bank was a culture shock. So I worked long hours and learned loads. So I moved on um, and 
in my usual way, I thought, what else can I learn? What different things can I now do? Uh, and so I went to back to a, a big PLC where I, I worked in the corporate center doing quite technical accounting type things. But it was it was working in the central finance within a PLC, which was new for me. And again, even though the role was quite dry and technical, I learned loads there, partly through the people that were there. They had some fantastic finance people there. And I, I always say that was at, at Centrica PLC, that was where probably I consider I worked in the best finance team I've ever worked in. And it was really because of Phil Bentley, the, who was group finance director at the time. He, he knew how finance worked and how business worked. And, and it's taken me probably the 15 years since I left there really to sort of put all that together in my mind and work out, actually, he really did know it was, what he was doing. And then since then, I was, was just sort of reflected back on that and it, it all fitted together. That's where... I tend to use the phrase finance drives business performance. And actually, one of my old colleagues then reminded me that's, that was their strap line in finance uh, in Centrica, was finance drives business performance. So I decided actually to go into interim management, so working on sort of contracts with, with different companies. Since I'd worked with three or four different companies uh, so far at that point, went into a small software company and helped them out for a while. They had big cash flow problems, so... That was a, a big challenge. And the recession hit. I was out of work for about eight months. But that's where I started to look at marketing and started to look at website development and internet marketing. And that was about 10 years ago now. So I kind of used the time constructively to just learn whatever I could. And because the internet was quite interesting, I just picked some online courses learned how to build my own website, learned how to do social media and all that sort of thing. But then before I could put put it into practice, I uh, got taken ill at the end of 2009, had my first round with cancer and uh, spent about 18 months out of work, recovering after chemotherapy. And then sort of came back into an insurance company uh, on the south coast of, uh, of England and did a series of kind of project uh, assignments. I was involved in a acquisition integration and then project managed uh, an ERP implementation. So I got a real insight into not just seeing projects from a finance point of view and a business case, but actually learning how to implement uh, a change project uh, as well. And then since then, again, as ever learning, um, I've done a Prince 2 qualification. So uh, I can now call myself a qualified project manager as, uh, as well. So, um, and, and actually it was a year ago, uh, while I was still coming to the end of that, that I decided to set up Supercharged Finance and start to uh, put into practice all this sort of internet marketing and uh, website development that I've been learning. And actually, I've just kept on learning through doing that stuff, through the blogging, uh, through the interaction on LinkedIn, through trying to set up um, courses and, and webinars and YouTube videos. So I've just tried to do different things and, uh, and pass on some of the benefit of that experience that I've had, the things that I've learned from the uh, organizations I've worked for and the experiences I've had. And actually, it's interesting there, Andy, how you, you tied it together, particularly with that expression, driving business performance, because yeah. in terms of 
you know, one of the reasons for reaching out to you is you make it very clear that that's what finance should be doing. In fact, that's a large part of what chargefinance.com is all about. So like why in your mind is it so important for finance and finance and accounting to be driving business performance? During that eight months out, I was trying to do at the time was actually do some sort of part-time finance director work for smaller organizations. And, and one of the things I had to do, um, I learned from my uh, marketing gurus, was try and systematize things, to sort of reduce things down to a nutshell. And, and I had to really think about what is finance all about? Why would a any organization employ a finance director? Why would you want one? And I thought, well, what finance brings is finance gets involved more than any other function in every area of the business. You could say HR or IT, they, they sort of support every area of the business. But finance has a, a unique position in being needing to know the numbers for each and every function, each and every area of the business, and to know, you know what's driving costs, what's driving revenue and margin and, uh, and growth. And, and actually, if you add into that, you see the bigger companies and who gets the flack for the performance of the business? Well, it's the CFO. Yeah. And that's because the CFO has that influence and position of interest in, in every function. It's, it's the whole business that they're interested in. And then when I looked at trying to put together what does business performance involve and how do you manage business performance, I realized that all the elements involved in managing the performance of, of the business are elements where finance is involved. You know, you've got the strategy and planning, the reporting, the analytics side, the transaction processing, the resource allocation, the cash management, even you know, risk management, control. They're all things that finance is involved in. And that's quite interesting from the point of view that all those things are there in order to manage and drive. That's why I'm quite keen to get across that message that if you're in finance, you're not just about posting journals and doing bank recs. Um, you're not just there to do you know, the year-end accounts or even the monthly accounts. All that is there in order to drive the performance of the business. And once you start to understand that, it changes the way that you think about what you do. And I've found it can give you a motivation in what you do. It can give you that boost that you're there for a reason and you're there for a, a really good reason. Yeah, I, I completely agree. In fact, I think that's what I enjoy, particularly what's being said at the moment around this. If finance has a purpose, partnering on purpose, and people are a bit concerned about the future, the digitization, the other yeah. mega trends around the automation and artificial intelligence and so on. So yeah. I, I, I guess, look, I appreciate there's those concerns, but let's say we want to, to understand maybe a few simple steps we can start taking to drive more of the business performance. You know, yeah. Andy, you've got a lot of experience in this space. What, what would be a few practical, simple steps anyone in accounting and finance can start to take so that we can drive the business performance a bit more? Well, I think it, uh, it it depends which area of finance you're in, but I think what I've tried to do in uh, I've got a series of articles on on LinkedIn called the Purpose Driven CFO, uh, and the premise of that series is really let's look at different things we do in finance and ask why do we do them, and actually as soon as you do that, you realise that if you think about it hard enough, 
the reason that you do them isn't quite what you thought. It's a bit like budgeting. You know, it's um, uh, people just sort of assume budgeting is is like just it's what we do. We we do a budget every year. But actually, when you delve into what budgeting is all about and what it's there for, it's there to actually it's a control element. It's not really about it's more about controlling. Um, it's more about controlling the spending of the business. Um, and actually, when you say when you look into that and say, well, it's about controlling what people spend, it doesn't really do a very good job of it. And so you start asking, well, how can we do it better? And then if you turn to reporting, I suppose the the thing about reporting, I'd say, and this is probably one of those quick wins in thinking in terms of the way you think about things, think about the sort of the old adages about measurement. So, you know, measure what matters, uh, what gets measured gets done. That one in particular, what gets measured gets done is quite an interesting one if you unpack it, because what it really means is what you report uh, drives the behavior of the business. So if you take that a step further, what we ought to be reporting is the stuff that drives the performance of the business so that what people are seeing is what they can influence. And if they influence those things, then the business will do better. So taking a sort of balance scorecard approach and, and looking at actually what drives performance and reporting on that is so much more powerful than just churning out the management accounts every uh, every month. It's actually quite interesting because I know you've written a bit about key performance indicators as well. Yeah. And like I think, I mean, maybe in finance, we've probably been guilty in the past of maybe not thinking, as you said, we probably should be in asking those why questions because so it's so easy to churn out a report with some metrics on it and drive towards those. But what yeah. if they're the wrong metrics? I mean, sometimes I've seen it for myself, particularly when I used to do interim or consulting work, was people were measuring the wrong things. And ultimately, business is about making money and performance. And yeah. any decision that isn't taken with to improving business performance, no matter how well-intentioned, you know, you're not being productive, you're not making money, you're not increasing cash, reducing risk, lowering costs, yeah. raising revenues. There's there's so much we opportunity for us to add value yet we get caught up in measuring the wrong things so are there any sort of maybe telltale signs that that alert you you know easily since you've seen this a few times obviously but you know is there any sort of telltale signs for you that suggest that we're probably measuring the wrong things i think when you start to have discussions that really don't add value i've seen this recently so one of the organizations i worked with they had a big thing about allocating costs out to business units and actually what happens is just as there's a lot of things that that go into that and the reasons why but what you find is you find people spending an inordinate amount of time just arguing about the percentages that different business units get and it doesn't do anything to change the uh, the overall costs and the uh, expenditure of the business all it does is say who gets what and if they just stop talking about allocations they could focus on the real expenditure and controlling that but the whole reason that that gets so much attention is because it's in the reports that they get um if it wasn't in the reports that they got they wouldn't worry about it um if they weren't sort of if the the sort of business unit heads weren't sort of performance managed on those P&Ls that include an allocated cost, 
they wouldn't try their their hardest to to try and change the allocations, and and they'd focus on the on the things that matter. But I always use things like uh, headcount as another example. I mean, everybody seems to put headcount on the monthly management reports, but. What does it tell you? It just tells you how many people you've got. But people assume because they've got headcount on the report, oh, we ought to do something about that. You know, we ought to reduce it. But that may not be the right thing to do because the important thing is not how many people, it's what they're doing. Oh, it's so true. I know, I remember one company I worked with and I remember taking a report and saying, your headcount's grown 20% over the last year. And I said, yeah, but our operating expenses reduced 40% because they're better quality people. Yeah. So it's a yeah exactly oh, I know it's um and it again I think we get a bit of a bad rap for being unimaginative thinking about reducing cost all the time rather than the opportunity yeah. sort of thing which is driving more top line performance and telling your story you you mentioned marketing a bit and what you were yeah. learning there and being in an interim as well and running your own business you probably have to think more on the revenue and the opportunity side so I suppose yeah. looking looking ahead to the future of finance and accounting. You know, what what sort of maybe sort of top line or what opportunities should we be focusing on as a profession to to add more value and drive better business performance? My view would be that we need to focus more on driving business value and, and kind of become a little bit more uh, outward looking, as in if we see ourselves as driving business performance, you know, we're, we're all about supporting the business driving the business, protecting the business uh, and, and its performance. If we start being more outward looking and, you know, what what can we help the business with to help it be, to add more value, to make more profit, more cash, etc. then I think we'll become more valuable to, to the business. And I think that mindset shift is what we need more than sort of cost-cutting finance transformation type pr- programs. I've developed a bit of a, a bugbear with transformation programs that just try to make finance cheaper. And actually, it gives the wrong impression. I think finance can be a lot more value by uh, what it does rather than you know, cutting down the number of people who are in it. Within reason, I mean, we do need to be efficient. To, yeah, I think it's that mindset, mindset shift. Yeah, and actually, it's funny. It uh, you know, in terms of the customers themselves, you know, I do work with uh, SMEs as well, and also involved in some you know commercial negotiations with larger companies. And really, I think there's a mindset change in businesses themselves, looking more towards the outcomes that companies or service providers are adding to them or delivering for them and maybe finance isn't immune from that it may be an internal department that as you said it, it's it's sort of really involved in a lot of other parts of the business and functions and we get that visibility and involvement you know but we really need to look at our, the outcomes we're driving and maybe that's where the performance angle comes back in and i'm just trying to think in your experience andy is there one key habit or strength or quality we need to be developing so that we can get on that outcomes journey where we actually are adding some some value, some tangible outcome or output for the business that we can hang our hats on? I think in terms of habits, it's a, a case of being curious about what 
uh, you know, how the business works. So if you're working for a business, no matter what your position in finance, um, it doesn't matter really whether you're in a financial accounting role or a, an FP&A role. I think having that curiosity about how the business works will eventually sort of grow into adding value um, because you start thinking about why are we doing this? You know, how is this adding value to the business? How is how is it increasing profit? Um, you know, what are the benefits? Um, and certainly, um, when you start getting involved in in change projects as well, uh, sort of like, you know, why are we spending this money on this change project? Well, it's to it's to deliver a benefit or a number of benefits which will enhance the performance of the business. So let's focus on the benefits and the and the performance of the business. Uh, so I think it's getting into the into the habit, um, and that involves. You know, talking to um, people within the business, finding out what they do uh, and how they do it. Um, like you say, I, I had an interest. I had to have an interest in marketing around the sort of interim management. Um, but even within the business, it's sort of, um, you know, how are we marketing ourselves, um, and uh, how how do we get sales? Um, how do we work out how to price products? Uh, what are the products giving to our customers? Um, and, and start to think about the risks in the market. You know, are those products at risk of being taken, uh, you know, getting being out of date or is technological advance going to come along and make it obsolete or stuff like that? You know, always thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. You're, you're definitely big on that, Andy. You're always about <laughs> thinking, thinking, thinking. And I actually couldn't agree anymore. Uh, then than what you're you're saying uh, just brings brings a smile to my face. <laughs> so um, so there's no easy way out. We need to apply ourselves and and you know engage our brains a bit more than maybe we have been. We've probably just been ticking along in finance, and uh, we do need to sort of step up and take that more outward, a more curious view as well. So so look, I'm just going to move on to a bit of a few lightning round questions for you, Andy. Um, if uh, if you were sort of starting out now in accounting and finance now, what sort of advice would you be giving to yourself? Actually, you probably you've probably just given it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always learn. Um, and uh, But I think also ask for help, um, never give up. Also, from from the sort of bad things that have happened to me, I, I would say most of the things you worry about uh, are not actually as uh, as worth worrying about as um, as you make them. So, so try to just do the best job you can and, and not worry. No, great. I, 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 <laughs> oh God, I wish somebody. Yeah, I suppose it's one thing hearing it, it's one thing feeling it and experiencing it, but that oh, would yeah, save definitely. people a lot of pain. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and in terms of you know resources out there, I, obviously I think you know, you've got some fantastic resources on superchargedfinance.com. Yeah. But if say if you were to recommend a book, perhaps that our listeners could maybe follow up on that you took a lot from. Sort of what book would you recommend that they they perhaps go read? Um, one book which uh, resonated highly with me was um, Start With Why by uh, Simon Sinek, I think is uh, how you pronounce it. Um, and 
that kind of resonates with my whole sort of purpose-driven approach. Um, but look, the, there's a there's a little book by Steve Morlidge called The Little Book of uh, Beyond Budgeting, which I think is fantastic as well. Um, I, I really recommend that because I think uh, there's a lot of value to be had in uh, in really analysing what we do in budgeting. It's, a, it's an interesting mix there. I really enjoyed the the first one. I haven't read the your, the second one you mentioned. We need to just have a more balanced view, right, um, of accounting yeah. and finance. Yeah, definitely. And I think good good to great by Jim Collins is a is a good read oh, as well. It's a classic. Yeah, that's it's it's quite funny. That one comes up an awful lot. So I think yeah. there's a trend there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So Andy, look, uh, thank you so much for providing such great insights uh, and practical advice to our listeners about perhaps how we should be better driving business performance and also some ideas on how we can even build on our existing strength in the numbers so we can enhance the value we're adding to our our businesses. Uh, Should any of our listeners wish to find out more about you and and connect with you, where's the best place to find you at? Well, go to uh, superchargefinance.com definitely uh, and check out the the stuff that I'm building up on there. Uh, I'm planning to develop um, some more courses in in the next uh, few months or a year. Uh, I'm now doing webinars as well. Um, But definitely LinkedIn is the place where you'll find me pretty much every day uh, and uh, follow me on LinkedIn um join the uh, finance business partner uh linkedin group that's a that's a definitely a good one to uh, to join as well thinking ahead you know coming to the end of one year beginning another one uh, i suppose what does the next 12 months hold for you andy I have my uh, day job, um, which is a, a new assignment I've taken on, which is a finance transformation uh, program, uh, working for a big company. Um, but in terms of supercharged finance, um, like I said, I'll be adding new modules to uh, to courses uh, and hopefully putting out certainly a couple of new courses in the next two or three months and then hope to to sort of start up some sort of membership uh, option as well which is uh, should hopefully deliver uh, good value to people who sign up to that um, and really you know personally speaking I want to make uh, supercharged finance um, profitable for uh, for myself uh, so take it from being a little bit of a hobby project to being something I can spend a bit more time in um, and uh, hopefully help a, a load more people. Uh, and, that's, and that's one of the great things about talking with you, Andy. It really comes across that you are there to help people. And, yeah, and, and you know, I think there's, I've not seen so many free and actually very useful resources that you've just put up there that you know, we can leverage immediately tomorrow and don't need to be a finance genius to, to pick up from them because the way you, you put them, it's actually quite quite easy enough to pick them up and people are going to get immense value from that so i really encourage people to check out your website superchargefinance.com so andy thank you so much for coming on our show today not a problem thank you very much for having me so there you have it hope you enjoyed today's show if you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter. 
which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.